0: You are listening to Lions Unchained, the podcast where the lion within you is unleashed and the truth will set you free. Join Carl Joseph right now for a life-changing word where no topic is off the table. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Friend, did you know your spirit man is instantaneously transformed from death into life the very moment you are born again? The moment you receive Jesus into your heart, the scripture says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The context of all things in this passage is not referring to your physical body or soul, but your spirit man, the real you on the inside. You are a tripartite being, which is a fancy way of saying you are made up of three parts. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you get that, friend? Because you are comprised of three parts, you are connected to this world in three ways, via the conscience, the intellect, and your physical being. Now, the salvation of your spirit is a one-time affair when you are born again. Religious people often use the terms spirit and soul synonymously, but they are not the same. The spirit and soul are separate and distinct, and this is clearly revealed in Scripture. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If they were the same, then clearly the scripture wouldn't delineate between the soul and the spirit in this verse. Notice that the soul and the spirit are mentioned separately in this passage for a reason. Now, for many years, Brother Kenneth e. Hagen would discuss with notable scholars and ministers whether or not the soul and spirit were synonymous. And it was one of the significant revelations of his ministry that they were separate entities, despite popular opinion to the contrary. The book of James has further insight into this, and I'm reading from James chapter 1 verse 18 and verse 21. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. The first observation here is that the Apostle James is talking to believers in Christ, therefore he is speaking to saved people. The epistles were letters written primarily to the church, not the unsaved. Notice he is saying to saved people that their soul needs to be saved. The salvation of your soul, which constitutes your mind, will, and emotions, is in perpetual process. It is not a one-time affair like your spirit man, but an ongoing distinction of maturity as you are conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. How do you achieve this? By meditating upon the Word of God. Here's another scripture concerning the soul that I want to share with you right now. It's 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. The Greek word for even as is kathos, which means in direct proportion to or according to. In other words, the Apostle John is saying that you may prosper in this life and experience health in direct proportion to your soul condition being conformed to God's word. If anyone says they are without sin, they are a liar. If your heart condition is plaguing you through unconfessed sin, in other words, if your conscience is bothering you, it's because you have a sin issue that has not been dealt with. This will plague your soul if it remains unresolved. We are not sinless, but we should be blameless, and there is a difference. Do not delay, my friend. Get the log jam out of your soul and free up your spirit to feel times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Now, we are all a work in progress, and by we, I mean our soul condition. This transformation can also be called maturity. Those who exhibit spiritual maturity display the fruits of the Spirit primarily in their lives. It talks about this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. This is something God does supernaturally through us as we choose to submit to his holy word. As John the Baptist said, he, being Jesus, must increase, I must decrease. And that, my friend, is the template of success for our Christian walk. You must decrease, friend, and Jesus must increase in your life. There's an old saying, fruits are grown and gifts are given. We are cognizant that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable, Romans 11:29). Yet Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits, not their gifts, not their talents, not their authority, etc. You will know them by their fruits. Maturity has to do with the fruits of the Spirit. Let's look at what the Word says about maturity right now in Romans eight twenty nine. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Friend, the goal of a Christian is to not just be saved, but to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus in every facet of our being. To be born again is merely to become a spiritual baby and begin the journey of our soul's transformation. The Lord wants us to be impactful on those around us, to share his love and be people of humility and integrity. We accomplish this by meditating on the word of God so that our thoughts, behavior, and actions align with his will. This is in addition to your established salvation, influencing others here on earth. You can get saved if you want, remain a baby, stay in diapers, and go on to be with the Lord if you want to, but that is not His perfect will, and it won't help our witness for Christ on this earth. A 20-year-old man isn't supposed to be living in diapers anymore, and the same concept of maturity parallels the spirit realm. God expects maturity from us physically and spiritually. God calls us to maturity. The moment our spirit is born again, a transformation starts taking place in our soul towards the image of Christ. How does that transformation take place? It does so by the renewing of our mind. Let's read Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Friend, the renewing of the mind is a process, and the soul can even require restoration after we are born again. Guess what? God promises to restore your soul too. He says it in Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores our soul. To restore something is to bring it back to the original condition. Friend, the restoration process starts with forgiving the person that has done these things to you. I'm not saying that they deserve to be forgiven. No, they may not. I heard an illustration many years ago about unforgiveness, and it is very powerful. It goes like this. And I quote, Unforgiveness is like drinking from a poisoned well, hoping that the other person will get sick, unquote. Think about that for a moment. When we get angry, mad, or upset with somebody, we think that the more we hang on to that offense, the better we will feel about it and the worse they will feel. But no, friend, the shocking truth is that the person who offended you probably many months, if not years ago, has probably forgotten what they ever did to you. Did you know that your soul can also be impacted by what you watch on television? Your subconscious mind is influenced by images because the reasoning faculty of the mind remains unguarded. In other words, when you watch TV your brain laps into an alpha wave pattern. TV programmers utilize subliminal perception which is a deliberate process created by programmers whereby you receive and respond to information and instructions without being aware of it. Anything consciously perceived can be a Evaluated, criticized, discussed, argued, and possibly rejected, but we are not consciously perceiving when we watch television. Anything programmed subliminally into your subconsciousness meets no resistance. Therefore, you are subliminally exposing your soul through the ear and eye gates to murder, rape, betrayal, etc. This, my friend, will ultimately have an impact on your soul whether you believe it or not. This subliminal information is stored in your brain and capable of influencing your judgment, behavior, and attitudes without you even realizing it. The most obvious usage of subliminal messaging is in advertising, and marketers are masters of it. The point I'm trying to make is this. If we think we're not going to be impacted by what we watch or listen to, that is a deception. Now, I'm not saying we can't watch TV or movies, of course not, but I am saying that if you're about to turn on a DVD or watch a television show and you have a feeling in your gut that seems off, that is a warning of the Holy Spirit. Don't watch it. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. The effects of lingering wounds in our soul are tangible and will indeed alter our worldview to an extent if we're not careful. The only way to cure this condition is through the blood of Jesus. Remember, friend, hurting people hurt other people. It's what they do. Taking pills or medication to treat a soul condition does not work. And talking to a psychologist about a soul problem doesn't make it go away. Only deliverance and healing will address these issues head on. I'm not speaking against psychology. It has its uses. It's good to talk about problems, sometimes to get them off your chest. But these people have no authority in Christ. They don't have the ability to deliver you. They don't have the ability to command things to leave and the authority that backs it up. The number of people taking antidepressants is on the increase drastically in the United States. And I believe this is largely due to an undiagnosed soul condition. The soul condition is not largely recognized by the medical community, but can seriously impact our health for better or worse. You know, people are taking Prozac at alarming levels. An addiction compels us to seek instant gratification, providing a temporary fix only or a temporary relief from the pain we feel deep in our souls due to bad memories or negative or harsh words. These maladies go unresolved and parents especially need to realize what they say to their children can have a severe detrimental effect on their lives for years to come. It can actually impact the confidence of a child growing up. How he builds relationships can all be impacted by the things spoken. Be very aware of this if you are a parent. Friend, I believe your conscience is the voice of your spirit man telling your soul, it's time to have a talk with Jesus. Is there an issue that's buried that's been so long in your heart you can't shake it off? Your conscience is the alarm bell going off to warn you something is not right. If it's bothering you deep down on the inside, it's time to seek Jesus for yourself. Just confess it to him. You don't need a priest on the earth. Confess it to the Lord in your closet. Don't delay. You have been listening to Carl Joseph in the Lions Unchained podcast. Every week, new episodes are uploaded. So stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out our website at carljosephministries.com for exciting articles and discussion points. See you next week. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button.